Alright. Welcome to episode one of Tell Me Where to Turn. <laughs> so I've been I've been away for eight months. What's been going on, guys? Did I miss anything? Well, about all I got. It's been fun. <laughs> all right, play the closing oh, music. Let's do it then. <laughs> Tommy's thrown us way off because, as opposed to being right in front of his screen recording, he's he's like fifteen feet away, just laid back on the love seat. His pants are still on. Something you now. guys wouldn't know about, but I love? I have a. I have a very long cord, so okay. I can <laughs> I can be a little bit further away. Okay. There was a something to wrestle with joke in there somewhere, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there. It's very odd. It looks like Glenn and I are doing a proper, you know, video call and then Tommy's the one that forgot his camera was on and is just like sitting in a different room. <laughs> Well, let me ask you guys a question. Have either of you been awarded a Journalism and Electronic Communications Award by your college? Oh, no? You haven't? Boy. I rest my case. Oh, boy. Trying to tell me how to podcast. Outside of the fourth grade chili cook-off, I've never uh, won any made-up awards before. <laughs> so, <laughs> Journalism and Electronic Communications. Okay. I think it's actually journalism and mass communications, JMC, that's oh. what we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this classic. this summer I was surprised to be contacted by my, uh, my university. You may have heard of it. The University of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> We're a very small school. We don't even have a football team. And they invited me back to homecoming in the first sign that this might be going awry was they said we want you to come back because we are going to bestow this award upon you during your 20th homecoming 20th anniversary homecoming and I said it's actually my 19th Ooh. and they said oops I'm sorry we thought you were somebody else <laughs> that's two references <laughs> I'm killing it here no, so I uh, I gladly accepted it. would be fun to go back and didn't really think too much of it until we got closer to the homecoming date in October. And they hadn't provided me a lot of details on the event. They said, look, it's very informal. We're going to give you this award. You come out. You meet some of the, uh, the students. We'd like you to come to a class the next morning and speak for a little bit. But it's you don't have to prepare anything. They just They're going to have questions about business they're going to ask you mm. i said great i'm happy to do it so we uh we go we we fly there we we, we don't fly there because if you landed a plane there you'd be landing like on a public road or something like on a deer lease or something yeah that's actually probably very apropos <laughs> or a meth <laughs> yeah somebody's meth trailer i don't know I have many questions, Tommy. So you let me know when you open the floor to mass right. questions in your mass communication. No, I'm actually, I don't know if you heard, I'm not taking questions today about this. I'm an award winner. And I have my, uh, I have my op- option not to do that. Uh, no, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly, uh, Dave, give me a question and then I'll, I'll tell you about the, uh, 
the shenanigans that unfolded at the actual event, but okay. but please. Was this did they contact you and consider you for this award based on like a certain accomplishment or is it like was there one thing one campaign one project product whatever that you is that what got it or was this well it's it's really hard to distill my distinguished career down to one accomplishment basically what i'm trying to get to is why are they contacting (laughs) you now i mean you gave an entire city ebola like how are they just now contacting you i think my question was did they contact you to let you know you had won the award and when could you show up or did you get the award because you were the person who was willing (laughs) to show up it's a chicken or the egg type thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh I really thought that the award was going to come with some expectation. You know, it's kind of like going on a date with uh, Glenn. There's expectations <laughs> attached uh, of some type of donation or gift, but I was pleasantly surprised that I was not not solicited for that. Um, it's definitely solicited while I was in Abilene, but that's, <laughs> <That'll happen. laughs> that's kind of part and parcel with being there. Uh, during the COVID pandemic, one of my professors that I wouldn't say I had a strong relationship with. I mean, you know, definitely had his class, but not somebody I kept in oh. touch with. I don't have any nudes or anything. <laughs> he reached out and said, uh, hey, you know, I'm in Nashville. Could I come by and visit you? And I, I was like, yeah, you can, but we don't allow anybody to come in the building. <laughs> It's been eight months and I still make that mistake. <laughs> you should not do that in the it's building. Not. Like, <laughs> it's not a good thing to do to a building or in a building. And uh, so he came by and sat in the lobby and we chatted and he left and I didn't hear from him for over a year. And then next thing I know, they're uh, bestowing an award upon me. And that that's really the uh, only answer I have. Hmm. And so you, you, there was a speech and you appeared in a, in a classroom setting or were those the same? No. So the, the night, the day we got there was the, the event and it was supposed to, it was billed to me as, well, first of all, he asked if I would like to invite any family members. And since I don't have any family members that went to that <laughs> school, I told him no. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. And, <laughs> it, and you know, I did take my, my wife and children with me. But it was billed as a as a casual mixer, and then they were going to hand out the awards. Well, I get there, and I'm immediately struck by it being a little higher tone than I was expecting. Most everybody's in a suit, and um, the, it's it's a very fancy event. Well, I get there, and they say, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna move into the uh, um, room for for your speeches." And I said, I was not informed I would be giving a speech. Speech as. <laughs> it's, it's plural. So you, at this, at this point, you're looking down at your Dale Jarrett t-shirt. 
<laughs> like this is I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm business casual because people know that know me well know that I like to keep things casual, like to keep it light. I think Harvey Weinstein said the same thing a few times. Mm. Man. <laughs> you okay? Is it, no, uh, COVID? I'm you got right. two lines there? No, no, no. I think we're I think we're all right. So we went into the so we did the mixer, you know, I I very quickly was able to identify who the nerds were, the the like three students that immediately came up and were telling me how much they admired me and I oh um I was I was very flattered. They all have jobs now at my company. But the uh, <laughs> the first speaker got up. Uh, luckily I wasn't first. There was three award winners. It was basically uh me and then two people that checked some boxes that needed to be checked. So it was the cover of the community college yeah, brochure. I mean they were clearly there to recognize me and then there was a you know there was another guy there that didn't really study super hard but always just aced the tests. Probably ran the 40 in like 42. And then there was a woman, which I didn't even know they let women have jobs <laughs> or go to school for that matter. But here we are. <laughs> so the first uh, the first recipient had brought both sets of parents and all her family members and had a pre-produced video about her career that she had uh, made. And I'm sitting Wait. there thinking, oh, O.S., she get the coffee runs right, just batting a thousand, or <laughs> like what? Yeah, I mean, I've never known somebody that accomplished that much being an administrative assistant. <laughs> well, then this other nothing has changed. This other guy came up and told the story of the forty-yard dash and what happened there. <laughs> Had the crowd rolling, and then it falls to me, and I had, while the first two people were going on, hastily taken down some notes in the notes app. I had to kind of delete the page where I was going to talk about what I was going to talk about on the podcast and, and switch over, and uh, gave a shoot-from-the-hip 15-minute speech. Really? Just from the heart? Just, yes. This is who I am? This is it. Yeah, I laid it all out on the line. And uh, and it, and it, and it killed. I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I I think we probably have a lot of new listeners to the podcast because I talked about it for most of the most of the presentation. That would have been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine but so. Some other highlights. Yeah, I uh, I was interviewed on the ACU TV channel, so that was exciting. I uh, had my picture in the campus paper. I had uh, I got the cell phone number of the president of the university. Mm. And uh, yeah, I got to share my wisdom with a with a class who uh, now several of them have now reached out to me on LinkedIn asking for jobs. Oh, well, that's very helpful. If people out there are annoying you, great result from your award. Yes. Also, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. And now, Glenn or Dave, have you guys won any awards in the last eight months that we need to know about? The fact that that school has given you an award and I don't have like 12 is a travesty. 
That was actually the title of my speech is you gave it to the right member of tell me where to turn. <laughs> that would have been funny if you just got up there and be like, all right, guys, stick with me. Episode <laughs> one. We, did, we didn't even say who we were. We just talked for an hour. And just gone, just just run down the hits. Well, congrats. Um, personally, I, I think uh, in the last eight months, I think your drag racing accomplishments and awards far exceed making a speech in front of a bunch of nerds. But hey, whatever you want to lead off with. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about areas where I've exceeded Dave... The eighth mile is a good place to start. But they uh, they assembled a little thing in October that they like to call the World Championships. And you have to qualify. Which take place, obviously, like in Beijing or something like that. Yeah. Um, so the, the three finalist cities this year were Beijing, Montreal, and um, Holly Springs, Mississippi. <laughs> and in a bit of an upset <laughs> Beijing, Utah In a bit of an upset uh, Holly Springs won out Boy, that's a, that's quite an interesting town too um, If you've ever spent any time in Mississippi I've I've driven through yeah. it But that's that's the extent Yeah, they, they And it was at yeah. night so They may not quite have the results of some 1860s conflicts totally squared away as far as who came out on top. Yikes. Yeah, they're always looking for certain things to rise again there for sure. Um, they have a... Uh, so you have a summer home? <laughs> they have a comfort inn, which uh, happened... Well, well, they are. They are <laughs> keeping up with that tradition, I guess. <laughs> That's it. I'm quitting the show. Probably bury that. I'm quitting the show. That's it. I can't do. I can't move on. I can't take it. So I was there. Um, I mean, it's just one of them too. That seems. You really singling the. Yeah, just go ahead. Listen, you scored the touchdown. You don't need to jump into the crowd now and do the Lambo leap. Sorry. All right, we got. Sorry. It. We got it. We're going to be canceled after this episode. I was there representing Music City Raceway. The uh, The class that I race in is called Sportsman, and the men part of that, M-E-N, is in all caps. Okay. Because it's a class for men. I don't know if you know this or not, but... Um, Drag racing is one of the hardest sports in the world, but it's also one of the only sports that requires two balls to play. There's a shirt they sell that has that on there, right? Oh, there's probably like 30 shirts that say that on it. Yeah. By every apparel. Everybody that's ever had the idea around the kitchen table of, you know where, where I can get some money? Apparel for race car fans. They've all made that shirt. <laughs> Um, so it was broken into a two-day event, and the first night is what was called the Race of Champions. So when they called up all the champions, I went up to the front. And uh, 
it lasted, uh, it started, you know, early in the afternoon, and there was a lot of competitors here, people from all over the South, and uh, one guy from Canada. And uh, it ended at 4.30 in the morning, and Tommy 2.0 had decided the best parking place for his vehicle was the Winter Circle. Well, well, well. So you're trying to tell me that you're a world champion? Yes. I would I would tell you right now that if you would like to address me as world champion, I would accept that. Wow. I think I might <laughs> yeah. have to. And this obviously a, yes. a trophy yes. accompanies this. Would you say that there was an oversized check? Yes, so there is a, uh, a an oversized check, there is an oversized trophy. Is, would the oversized check contain an oversized comma? <laughs> yes, which is actually very rare for sportsman racing. So, okay, so we, we got into the four-figure range here. Okay, and I don't know. You know, I don't know. We may not be able to spend all that in one place. But the very frustrating and very over-the-top part of this is the second day of competition. The first prize got a brand new trailer. And I did not win that day. Oh, you could have, you could have, you could have used that to hijack it down the hill this winter. I could have had my own Lincoln Hawks moment. <laughs> that would have been. Oh man, that yeah, would have been great. But I, uh, unlike Lincoln Hawks, wow. I didn't mortgage my current truck and trailer to enter the race, so we were fine. We, we were able to tow it home just just fine. <clears throat> man, I don't know if we can can top those accomplishments as i was thinking about back about uh back today like about all the content that we have missed and i was just thinking about okay so obviously as i'm representing tonight my renegades won the world spring football championship oh, yes. back in may so we had that i mean that would have been episodes just by itself Yeah, we'd have been going play by actually play, visited by series by series and that oh yeah um, I visited the great state of Tennessee in late May. Did not visit Tommy, but I was I was close enough, I guess. I don't know. I didn't look at a map or anything. Um, I got a new puppy dog Ooh. after not having one for five years. After we sent the last one, we needled the last one to the Rainbow Bridge in the summer of 2018. We finally got to the point where we were ready for new puppy dog so that's so that's so what, pretty awesome what uh what breed of dog are we working with here it's it's a mix of an english pointer and something else so we got her at an adoption event actually at the ballpark of the world series champions interesting do you do you yeah. call her her full name Rhea Ripley every time, or do you just go Rhea? Do you just go Mommy? Like what? I, I would say Mommy is probably easier. So, um, that name was <laughs> shot down. That was not allowed. So that is not uh, that is that is not that is not her name. But that would have. That would have been pretty awesome. So is the name so, something that can be disclosed, um, or is there is there? 
No, it's nothing. It's nothing like weird or anything like is that. Is there any? Is there any humorous story, or did you just name it like Fred or something? <laughs> no, we just came up with a. We just came up with a with a name. So she is. Um, I mean, if you look at a picture of an English pointer, she's white with black spots. So she has kind of looks like a cow, which for some reason, I thought. A Jersey cow was white and black, so I wanted to name her Jersey. But then I looked up, like I Google image Jersey cow, and everyone I saw was white and brown. So I was like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, because I'm going to run into some cow expert that's like, she's white and black. That that doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. So that name didn't stick. Her name is Maisie Grace. Is that like a spin? But we only call like her Maisie. Spin on Dude, we don't Maisie call her by Grace? name. I guess so. I don't think that, that wasn't my idea. It's kind of a brainstorm. We agreed upon something, and and there you go. So we got a new puppy dog. Um, I already let you guys know about this, but I got a new truck. <sighs> what a day. This is like if the continents split it's, apart from, from one another. So I want to know everything, but first I want to know what happened to the old truck. Did it just, did you come out one day and it was just dust in your driveway or did somebody actually take it off? Your hand? <laughs> no, uh, someone took it off my hands. Um, what well, haven't, I wasn't having to drive it a whole lot. And even the new one I have now, I don't drive a ton because I work from home. So I don't have a, a commute. But um, the old one, it obviously it needed some work. Uh, we were having some overheating problems, especially which during is, the summer. Which is weird Pretty because sure with needed... no windows, you'd think the airflow would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there was only one window that, as long as we didn't roll it back down, we were fine. I finally got it. Uh, you, I'll just say it. Well, I finally got it up. I'm glad. I do, I'm, the four hymns finally worked out for you. So I won't. I won't be going into your building anytime soon. But we finally got the window up, and then it would stay where it was. And there's like a strict rule: if you're riding back there, do not hit the button. Of course, I'd lock the windows anyway, but do not hit the button to lower it because I don't know if we can get it back in the right position. Yeah, so anyway, I definitely had that. Pretty sure we needed. Yeah. If this thing goes down, we pretty may much, never get it uh, up pretty, again. Sure, <laughs> pretty sure we needed to it needed a new water pump. Um and who God knows what else. So it just finally got to the point where uh I couldn't I didn't want to spend a lot of money on it because I mean it's just old. Like I you know, I'm putting money in more money into this thing. I'm I'm out on that. Um but also, I just couldn't. I couldn't trust it. Like, if I had to make a drive longer than fifteen, twenty, twenty-five minutes, especially when it was a hundred and four degrees outside, like there was a couple times I literally, first literally the show, it. just had to pull over on like the side of a road on a pretty short drive for the truck to oh cool down gosh. so I could make it home. It's the most how you like it got to I've that point. Heard. You rode that out for as long as you did. Have you guys ever had made a panic pullover into a Walgreens to buy, <laughs> to buy antifreeze yeah, to put, put in your truck? Double check the old 
angel trees we got. Make sure one doesn't say Glenn three underscore eleven on it. <laughs> so, so we got back. I finally got to the point. I was like, yeah, I just need to sell it. So, got the word out to some, you know, to some folks. Had a neighbor who knew somebody who um, had a his kid was about to turn sixteen. So he came by and looked at it, and he kind of looked at it, and the the instant I, because I was trying to be honest, not maybe like completely honest, but I don't want to give the idea of this thing is perfect. Go ahead. Was he the suspicious? I mentioned when your first any, question. Well, probably was this when your first question was how far uh, away do you live? <laughs> <laughs> like you're within five minutes of everywhere yeah, you need to go, right? You're not fifteen minutes away because that could be a problem. <laughs> so. But like the the instant I mentioned anything might be needed with it, I could tell he's he was out. Then I had just this guy show up on like a Saturday or Sunday who was just I don't know. He just happened to be going through the neighborhood. And he saw it parked in front of the house. I didn't even have a for sale sign on it. And he knocks on the door and asks if I'm selling my truck. And I was like, Well, I guess anything's for sale for the right <laughs> price. You know, and we talk about it. He looked in the truck. I got in. I was like, gonna start it for him. I'm like, please just please start. Like, don't and don't blow up. So start it up. He gets in there, he's looking around, he's like, Yeah. You know, you mind if I just take it around the block? I'm like, sure. Steal it. It's probably worth more from the insurance than just sitting here. And he drives around, he's like, you know what? Let me think about it. And, uh, you know, I'll let you know. So two or three days later, he calls. He's like, I'm really interested, but I want to bring my father-in-law over and have him look at it. So father-in-law comes over, looks around, looks at it, asks me some questions. They go, they go drive it for 10 or 15 minutes, but they were fine. Then he, the father-in-law comes back and he's looking at something else. I don't even remember what he found, but it, he was like, yeah, we can't do this. And I think he, his last words were, at this point, I already had my new truck. It was, it was just in the back. But his last words were, there are some things you need to get checked out with this truck because, you know, God forbid you're driving somewhere with your children and it blows up and you're just stranded somewhere. And I just kind of nodded like, yeah, you're right. You know, I really need to get checked out. In my head, I'm like, I have one I just bought you see that like four King days Ranch ago. see that sitting back there, brother? <laughs> It ain't breaking down for a long, a long time. So what ended up happening was a week or so later, um, I was having the the guy that it had been a few years or so since I had the, the trees trimmed here at the house. And we had one at the corner of the house that was smaller that we actually cut down, but the stump was still there. So we needed that, needed to grind that up. So the company comes by. And um, he's giving me a quote for for the job, and we're pretty much done. And then he's like, "Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll get you on the schedule. You know, maybe beginning of next week." And he turns around. He's about to walk off, and he turns around. And he goes, "Is that your truck, by the way?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's mine." He's like, "We're always looking for you know the different crews going around. Like they they could use a truck like that. Is there any <laughs> chance you might be selling it again?" Like everything's for sale for the right price. So he kind of looks at it, you know, what year is it? 
what you know, what kind of miles you got on it? What kind of work have you done on it recently? I'm Just like a few things like that. I can answer that question for you. Obviously, all four windows work. <laughs> like, I mean, no. that, that's a given. <laughs> By this by this point, they're all up, so there's no big uh, red flags just looking at it. So we kind of talk a little bit, and I kind of look at him. I look down at the quote for the job. I look back at him. I was like, I don't even think we need to make a cash transaction. How about we just trade the trees for the truck? And he looked at me, and he kind of smiled, and he was like, I think we can do that. You both turned around to Uncle Sam so, and gave the crush chop. <laughs> So all I had to all all he wanted um actually to formalize it was I had to go on like get some generic bill of sale yeah. that I printed out just so we so we had record of of the transaction itself but um yeah and they they finished the the tree job and then the guy that was going to drive it around on his crew every day came by and drove it off and they were like, yeah, it needs some stuff, needs new brakes, needs who knows what. They were like, we have a guy, we have a mechanic that works on our vehicles that we use anyway. So it's no, it's no big deal. We appreciate it. We'll see you in a couple of years when we come out to trim <laughs> when, the trees When the lawsuit <laughs> it goes to court. <laughs> no, I will tell you that I my fingers were crossed for uh, certainly that day. Because I was afraid that they were going to drive off. And I think they needed to get... I forgot where he's based out of, but it's either Mesquite oh, no. or Garland. <laughs> no, I know. no, no. And I was just thinking, <laughs> they're not going to make it. And he's going to call me halfway there and be like, this thing literally just exploded as I was as I was going down Jupiter Road. And uh, the deal's off. <laughs> I'm tearing up the bill of sale. I'm bringing back all the trees. I'm bringing the, I'm the, bringing the stumps back. And the... <laughs> puts it all back. But no, I, I haven't heard anything anything from them since. All, all good. Truck is good. I'm... Uh, uh, we're we're a hockey family now, as as we have uh, we have an ice hockey player in the family, which is definitely not me. And that's a and that's kind of a kind of a different world, different experience for so sure. So is that through the uh, Stars Center? Oh boy, yeah, it is. So I don't think we had talked about no, that at is, all this back is, in the spring. This is new information. This is non disclosure. <clears throat> So we were very early in it then um, because he, the first time he had ever even skated was about a year ago when we went to New York and we went to Central Park and did the whole rink, ice rink there. And <laughs> he really liked it. We took, we, we took the boys again uh, here in Dallas to go ice skating during Christmas holidays last year. And then after the first of the year, my oldest was basically like, um, is it is it possible to play hockey here? He thought you had to live somewhere that it was outside of like the professional teams. You had to be somewhere where it was cold to be able to do it. I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we found it. There's like a, a rookie program with through the Dallas Star Center, which shameless or free plug to anyone listening who's got kids that might be interested. The the first four weeks of it. They size you for all your equipment. They give you a bag. They give you a stick and all that. 
and you go four Saturdays in a row for like an hour. And then if your kid is like, this is not for me, I can't skate, I don't want to fall on the ice. After four weeks, if you don't want to do it, you just hand everything back to them and you're not out a single penny. Now, if, now if you want to keep the equipment, I think it was like 150 bucks or 180 or something like that. But he was, he was all in. So we, we did that and we did kind of weekly clinics until the summer started. And then during the summer, he did a week long camp. And then we were going to continue with just kind of the little hockey Academy stuff every week, at least for a couple more months into the fall, maybe into the first of the year. But one of the guys that was running the camp came up to me and asked, like, he's obviously new. What are you guys planning to do when the the hockey season that they have, when it starts in August? And I was like, ah, I think it's a little early. Probably going to give it one more year or at least maybe he can join midseason or something. And he just looked at me and he said, no, nah, he's ready. He doesn't need any more camps. Just get him playing, which I'm like, okay, this is probably yeah, just to get me to spend the money. That'll be $1,500. Which – well, it wasn't quite that, but it was pretty close. But he goes, uh, he's ready. And he goes, I noticed um, uh, you're still renting skates through the Star Center. Because we hadn't bought any skates because I still don't know if long-term this is a, a thing he's going to want to do. And I was like, yeah, we'll just do that. I mean, and compared to what the kids that are playing, what they play in, and what they rent is like <laughs> not quite top shelf stuff, but pretty nice equipment and the stuff they rent is like a guy on the street with a cardboard sign it's like the the ice skating version of my old truck basically so anyway he he's like yeah he's ready i think you should have him play and he doesn't have skates he's like come back here with me i'm like okay so he walks me to the office reaches up he's like yeah we've got these skates try these on they're actually a little too small for him but they fit good enough like $500 skates that he just says, they're his. We've had them here for a while. We don't have anyone just to hand them to right now. And he's just getting started. Just don't worry about it. Very nice. So Gordon Bombay did all of that for you guys. No, that was Hans. Hans owned the the shop. Yeah, Hans. Hans in the shop and and Gordon coaches every single team. That's how it that's how it works. Real real tricky on game days, but he so has he, makes he it work. Uh, has he scored a goal yet? Uh, just right. just two. That's all right. Just two, and those were those were those were big moments. One was on one was on a rebound, and then the other one was just kind of a I don't want to say it was a one timer. <laughs> I use all the lingo now. But it was as close as he could uh, do to, you know, pull something like that off. And and the two goals, I'm telling you, he couldn't have been more than three or four <laughs> feet away from the goalie. It's not like it's his, he's, uh, you know, winding up from 25, 30 feet out and slapping one, <laughs> slapping one in there. But he, no, it's good. And he's one of the younger kids too, because he's in the fifth grade. And some of the kids on his, that he plays oh, with wow. and against wow. are in the seventh grade. So he's, uh, it's catching on quickly. It's it's an exciting time. Very cool. Well, I can't I can't wait for uh, our next episode when he's in uh, the NHL draft. Yeah, there's. I doubt that's going to happen. Um, I have seen 
with the same kid on his team. Uh, two fist fights during during a game. No punches landed, but plenty thrown. And uh, I kid this past Sunday we had a game uh, at the at the arena of the Lone Star Brahmas, the minor league team uh, in North Richland Hills, and there was a kid that decided he wanted to put my kid in the boards and then give him kind of an unnecessary push and the next thing i know young glenn is pushing him back and they go back and forth a couple times till they (laughs) had to blow the whistle and and i and i was the tribal (laughs) chief was standing up and had both arms in the air i was like this is this is great because i don't know if i would have done that at that age i would have just been like hey you know let's not worry about it i don't want any problems but he's Little Ooh, little Glenn hey, drops the gloves, and then you notice he just has his thumb taped oh. up. <laughs> he just Samoan spikes the <laughs> That would be, yeah, that would be phenomenal. We we had a talk afterwards. I was like, you know, what you did is what you you got to defend yourself and know that this is not gonna this is not gonna work. But I said, don't don't throw any punches because they can actually kick you out of the league for that. The others, the other incident that happened, one of them was a kid on our team did throw some punches, but it was in retaliation to another kid basically taking his stick like a bat and hitting him in the side of the arm with it in retaliation for for getting a a bump that he wasn't expecting. So they kind of waved that off and just said, both of you go to the, you know, like we're all looking for. Both of you go to the box for a couple minutes. Couple minutes, jeez. Come back out with your minds clear. <laughs> they don't do five minutes here. The five minute it's major is not a one play. or two minute power plays. No, these are just dealing with one or two, depending on severity. I don't know if you know this or not, but Point Break Dave was a goalie and a pretty serviceable ice hockey goalie in his high school years. That is true. I was, I was good by. It just started playing ice hockey in Texas standards. That's all right. Did you were you able to do any bits with your helmet and mask, or was it very very? I mean, by you, the book, you could have, but the goalie equipment's expensive. You buy all that stuff. You're not you're not paying oh, to yeah. get a custom paint job at the end. I thought you might have the ultimate Lord, warrior helmet. He's lying. He had his leg pads stylized to look like a brick wall. <laughs> Would have been great too. Oh man. No, but that's that's something as part of this, because um, the goalie equipment is obviously so bulky and cumbersome. Like I watch these kids play, and I'm like, man, how can they score? The goalie is is huge. And then you see him after the game, you'll see the same kid, and it was it's like there's just a, a little bitty kid in this just giant facade of of pads and a helmet and and a and a stick. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's just it's just it's just different because I mean I grew up playing predominantly basketball and football and you know, basketball and a little bit of baseball is what I've coached. So I've been around that all the time. But just, yeah, this is totally different. I, I think it's 
awesome. Like I love just taking them to practice and just and just watching. So it's very cool. Well, as the season progresses, we're gonna need we're gonna need to have a you're gonna need to have a recurring segment where we get uh, stats updates. Okay. Yeah, we've got got a break until after the first of the year because of the holidays, and then I think we go through February, and then that's it. Because this has been going on since uh, uh, mid-August. So does the team have a a name? Are they an NHL team, or do they have a uh, a constructed name? No, I don't know how they uh, chose it, but they're the Icebreakers. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how if the kids came up with that or the coach did, but that's uh, that's the name of their team. All right. Well, let's go Icebreakers. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have said, guys, <laughs> we're going to be the judgment day. <laughs> no further questions. And Dave, I understand you were in the midst of the uh, Israeli-Hamas conflict recently. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was weird. That was obviously we haven't recorded. I mean, it was weird that you were on the Hamas side. <laughs> I will admit that. <laughs> yeah, it is. The whole thing is weird, you know, the thousands of years of history and all that. Well, I was hey, speaking more going about on? the the weird way I I got in the middle of uh because it was right when it started. So I was on a business trip to London for a week, and this was we haven't recorded in so long. I don't remember. I guess this would have been. October? I think it would have been in October, early October, early to mid-October. I think it's yeah, fair. Yeah, so there's, you know, nothing really going on. Like, it wasn't in the news. We get over there, and then, like, you start seeing, like, some stuff on Twitter or whatever. Um, so we're in, I think it was our first or second night in London. So we're just... Got the, uh, you know, the little rental electric bikes, having a good time, going pub to pub. Just, you know, it's nighttime. We're just out having a good time, me and the, the two uh, two co-workers. And we drive down this one kind of alley, and we pop out on this main street. And as soon as we turn the corner, like, the street we were on, you would never have guessed it. We turn the corner, and it's just... M- wall to wall the entire street is thousands and thousands of people and they're all waving like the palestinian flags and there's like smoke bomb sounds wrong but there's like things that just give off smoke right it's not like a anything to do any damage oh. but you know so what max verstappen was there right <laughs> it was the orange smoke for verstappen it was not orange it was oh but what we found out later was apparently the street we turned down that the main street there is in front of the Israeli embassy. <clears throat> and that's why the big demonstration was going on there. So we kind of, <clears throat> we kind of turned her and like one of the guys was like, Hey, let's go check it out. I was like, nah, it's like, there's, <laughs> there's no reason to ever like, Let's say most of the time it's fine, but why the opportunity cost is not there. Let's just go back and we can look at pictures on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a, like, what's the upside there? There's a lot of people. (laughs) Right. Right. And you had your Netanyahu (laughs) 
jersey on and it's it was it was weird bad, there was definitely one of scene. the days where they were it was the day they some dude called for a day of violence on the hamas side and we were Ooh, what a change in plans <laughs> we were like taking the uh the tube like all around that day to different meetings and you're just kind of like nah, not like this <laughs> like, oh no <laughs> You're you're wondering if sketchy, yeah, but uh, if <laughs> you're looking at everybody who's using a cell phone, the authors of pain were about to show anybody. Up. <laughs> There's a and rumor you know that back, war, by the way, that war is their peace. <laughs> <laughs> so, how often are you going to London? It's about once a year now, just once a year. Oh, okay, I no. thought it was really more often than that. So that's just. Uh, is that through your, like your company, parent company, or yeah, this is, is like this our uh, company. through we a, do, we do a client? Quite a bit of business over there, um, so we have to go over. And to be clear, you do a lot of business in London, not with Hamas. <laughs> yes. Okay, just be clear. <laughs> I will say this though. So, obviously, I mentioned this last London trip, traveling internationally on the company dime, tip top. So, <clears throat> last time we flew British Airways, um, and we had like the you know little pod seats where you're just by yourself, and it's awesome. They fully recline. And this time we flew uh, Virgin Atlantic, and I'll say they're both great. They're both nonstops out of Austin to Heathrow. Probably British Airways is a slightly better just because their like pod is more private, I guess. Like, but what was awesome about Virgin Atlantic, which I'd never flown that airline at all, much less the, the high end class internationally. So we're sitting there and you know, had our meal, cocktails, the whole thing. They have this between the they call it upper class, is their first class. At the back of that, they have a bar. Like, you can just go sit at. There's, like, eight bar stools. <laughs> and it's not, like, anything fancy, but you can just, like, get okay. up. And, like, me and my buddy just went over there and hung out, talked to the bartender for a little while, had a few drinks. I, I think I'd be very you interested in that. sent me pictures of this, and I couldn't believe this was a real thing. It, it was pretty I, cool. I mean, it looks like something yeah. straight out of a movie. So then I go back, you know, have have dessert, obviously. And the uh, the lovely flight attendant comes by and she's like, um, "Sir, are you planning to sleep? Because the flight leaves like 6:30 p.m. Austin time, and then you land like 7 a.m. London time. So you're straight overnight." And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds pretty good." And she's like, um, "Well, why don't you get up?" So like you get out of your seat and they press a button and it like flips over and goes completely flat. And then she's like, hold on a second. And she comes back with a bag. And she's like, here's your pajamas. And I was like, well. <laughs> what? So, go down to the bathroom. Or she, no, that, she asked, like, what size I wanted. And I was like, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> you were like, you're she not quite big enough. What size she wants. <laughs> so, yeah, man, you go down there and you got this nice... Uh, Nice set of pajamas, which you get to keep. And uh, 
What what if you don't want to wear I don't I wouldn't want to wear pajamas. I'd be like <laughs> I have a stone cold I mean, shirt and some that. shorts in my bag. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did it have it the little hat with like Ebenezer the Scrooge Nightshirt of Scrooge hat? I walked out of the bathroom <laughs> with a candle, which they really didn't like. Um, no, but man, that was tip top. Like I had, a, I had a real good time. I mean, I can't even yeah. imagine. And what does a what does a ticket like that cost if you're paying retail price for it and your company's not paying for it? I mean, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. Right? Oh yeah, like five yeah. plus probably. So that $39 one-way I got on Southwest, <clears throat> yeah, Just need to multiply that times a little bit. A little so bit. Now on the flip side of... Yeah, and the one time, the one time I, uh, I was about to say drove, flew to London, uh, same kind of flight, overnight, you get there at 7 or 8 in the morning, I made the mistake, I tried to sleep for a while, but I just couldn't, I don't sleep well on planes anyway. But I didn't sleep at all. And it got to a certain point where we were within three three hours or so of landing. And I was like, screw it. I'm not going to be able to do it. So I just you just pop on another movie to watch. And then you land. And then I had to get through the entire Ooh. next day without sleeping. And that was... I remember <laughs> the next evening after walking around all day and going to, cause we only had one day in actual London, um, seeing different sites and stuff. And then we ended up at a, <laughs> at a pizza hut. <laughs> and I remember being starving, but being starving, but also about as tired as I've ever been as I'm just struggling through like some pepperoni and mushroom. And we went to pizza hut because, um, it was the only place you could get like soda where you get a refill and you get ice in it. Every every yeah. American now, we did eat, and rolled up into one. Right. We did eat at some local places like morning and afternoon. Oh, so, but at night so I was like, I'm Mac- really hungry. McAllister's and TGI Fridays before you left. <laughs> hey. <laughs> they had a, they had a uh, near Hyde Park, they had a Jersey Mike's. I was like, yeah, you know, just cultures just our, our Airbnb crossing break, each break other by here. Hyde Park. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, but that's that's where we were, where we stayed. I'm gonna defend so, Glenn though. And I remember British food is terrible. It's just bad. They're not known yeah, for their yeah. They're not known for their cuisine. Like it's not great. Yeah, we we went. I don't. I just remember the first restaurant we went to. I just most generic thing i'm like i i should get fish and you either fish and chips or bangers and mash and so i was like i'll get the fish and chips and i'm telling you if long john silver's music had hit they would have walked in and just squashed the fish and chips at this place in no time like 15 seconds or less i uh Otherwise, it's great. I I want to go back. That city is. I mean, I spent one day there. I thought it was awesome, and I definitely need to go back sometime. I uh, I have another travel note, but I think it's very relevant for this podcast 
because it deals with three things that I know we've talked about at length. So it's Las Vegas, which we talk about all the time. The, uh, the link hotel and casino, which now houses O'Shea's, which I know has been a topic of the casino (laughs) and, uh, Erica Enders. Oh boy. We do need to talk about this. Oh dear. But this was one of maybe <laughs> is she is she the new <laughs> leprechaun at O'Shea's? O'Shea's isn't that big. <laughs> this may be my favorite. This may be my favorite day of the year. What took place this day? But when I look back on my 2023, this may take the cake because. Hold on, real quick. We, I want to interject. Um, so Tommy and I were in Las Vegas during the Rangers in the World Series. And this may trump that. Yeah. And I'll stand by that. And I and I'm a lifelong Ranger fan, but this trumps it. So it, you kind of have to rewind the story one year ago. So we go Dave and I go to Las Vegas Halloween weekend and we've been doing this for fifteen plus years. And the reason we go is NHRA has their championship top series event with all the professionals and John force and everybody at the Las Vegas motor speedway that weekend. And back 15 years ago, when we were small time gamblers, you could go to the palace station casino and they had, and this is crazy that this was only 15 years ago. They had chalk odds boards where they ran their own sports book and they had an odds maker a bookmaker that worked for the casino that was on site and he would write the odds for everything and they would put odds on the drag races and you could go and bet. And we would go put $20 on John Force and you know maybe if we were going to pool all of our money, we'd put $50 on somebody. And we did this for a couple of years and it always enhanced our experience. Well, then when the sportsbook consolidation started happening and you know basically the town became run by caesars and mgm and you know a handful of others that stopped happening and there was there was no interest in placing odds on drag races because nobody nobody in their right mind would bet on it and nobody wanted to take a handle of any significance on the races so it went away and this is probably what 10 years ago yeah well there was also a few years where you could do it at the las vegas hilton and then we went the next year, and the guy's like, no, we don't have odds of that. And we're like, man, you guys used to. And he brought over a manager, and they're like, yeah, there was one guy that worked here that liked drag racing, and he retired. So, like, he was the only reason we ever had it. So, so yeah, so then, so kind of now we're, we're 2022, so we're a year ago, and we're at the track, and somebody had put on social media like a picture of an of sportsbook odd sheet for the races, and Dave had astutely noticed that it was from Caesars Entertainment uh, on top of the odd sheet. And we happened to be staying at Mirage, which is right across the street from Link. So we went over there, and sure enough, you know, after you know having to talk to the manager, and and um, I I kind of was the front man for this operation determined that, yes, in fact, in their computer system, they did have the odds to the races, but they were all marked as closed. And what the guy told us is he said, look, this was open a few days ago, but the way that drag racing works is they qualify, you know, Friday, Saturday, and they run the elimination on Sunday. And he said, 
The only time we took bets was before qualifying started, which makes no sense, by the way. Like you would normally probably adjust your odds during qualifying, sure, but you would take odds all the way up until the event started. But they knew so little about it that they put a number out there, took bets on it the day before, closed it, and then you were stuck with it for the rest of the weekend. But we had missed it. So I and I actually talked to the guy. He called the um you know, home office to see if they could unlock it. And finally he apologized, said, no, you know, we can't do it, but, but you know, this is how it would have worked. So, so we filed that away. And so we come back into town this year and, you know, Thursday when we all got there, our mission was, okay, we've got to go get money bet on the races today. If in fact it's still viable, they did it last year because they won't let us do it on Friday. But first it was time for hamburgers so we find ourselves at Gordon Ramsay's burger at the uh, Planet Hollywood, which is also a Caesar's property. So Dave, you've been in a casino with Dave before, but Dave does this thing where like if he's not gambling for more than say seven or eight minutes, he starts like getting a shaking leg and then he starts getting real distracted and then he disappears and he's playing a slot machine. So they, they took yep, a little absolutely. too long to bring out our hamburger because Gordon has to prepare each one himself and, you know, his flight from <laughs> London was late. So Dave's like, you know what? You guys wait here. I'm going to the sports book and I'm going to get a sh- odd sheet for the races. And he disappears. So Dave, you have to tell us what happened here. I know that the outcome wasn't entirely good, but maybe somewhat promising. Yeah, well, I went up there and... Yeah, essentially there was couldn't find an odd sheet. Asked the person who is very disinterested, and they're like, "No, we don't have that." And I was like, "Are you sure?" And you know, they're like, "No, we don't have it." So it was pretty much a bust. But that's when I went back to Tommy. I was like, "Look, we had in-depth conversation with him at Link. This guy is not going to even check for us. So let's go back to the people that seemed somewhat interested." And uh, I guess it was the next morning, right? When we yeah, went so we got up the next morning, Friday morning. Now, the qualifying starts at noon Vegas time. So we were, we're up and at them early, you know, the time change and everything. Mm-hmm. So we we, uh, we head down to Lake. We were staying at Bellagio, which, by the way, quick sidebar, Formula One, man, I love it. But good grief, they ruined everything on this trip. The entire fountains were blocked. All the roads were blocked. Just absolute nightmare yeah but team ferrari for life (laughs) we uh (laughs) we head down to the link and it's been what you haven't been to vegas in 20 years right glenn oh no i've been there recently how okay well like two years ago to describe the sports book would be like you know if they put one of those like mall kiosks in the middle of a casino. I mean, there's, there's nothing to it. It's just, it's just one line in one teller and a couple of little high, high, you know, high top tables around it. And it's right in the middle of the casino. Like there's there, it's not a destination like it is at Bellagio or Venetian. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a glorified coffee stand. Well, we kind of inch around there and they have the little pedestal out front with the sheets and lo and behold, right there is a sheet that says, NHRA Las Vegas Nationals, right there. 
So I immediately grab the sheet. Dave and I are standing there, and I walk up to the counter, and I kind of hold up to the guy, and I go, hey, can we bet on this today? And he, he's like, yeah, I mean, if there's a sheet, absolutely. I'm like, I'll be right back. So Dave and I kind of step aside, and we start looking at the odd sheets. And the first thing we notice is Erica Enders. Now, if you've been following the races, the pro races, which I know you do carefully, Glenn, the class that she's yeah, definitely. in the, um, is very competitive, but also the variance in that car malfunctions, explosions, like that variance is very low. Like in the class she's in, you pretty much go A to B every time. And while they're all pretty tightly grouped together, for the last two months, she's had the fastest car and has won almost every single race. Now, it doesn't mean it's a sure thing, but... It's a pretty close she she should have you should have been having to lay minus money to bet on Eric Andrews. Yeah, she should have been minus yeah. four fifty or more. Yeah. And and this is like just even for No no, we look any, at the sheet everybody and or she anybody is you want to pick. What, three hundred? Yeah. And I'm looking at Dave and I'm like, she's probably minus four hundred to win this thing. And they're giving us three to one on this. And then Dave says the line of the trip, and he's like, find out the most we can bet on this. It really was. It was one of those like <laughs> moments that never comes up in sports betting where you have such an edge on the sports book. You're like, how is this, how is this real? And Tommy can tell you he follows it super close. Not only is she far and away the favorite but there's also a team aspect yeah so that she's she's leading the championship and she could actually clinch it well the guy that owns her team of the 16 cars that are in the field he has some ownership affiliation with nine of them so over half the field are people that are going to lay down and let her win if in fact they come paired up during the race mm-hmm. And we're getting three to one. So so I go to Dave. I'm like, okay, man, what are you thinking? Like $500? And he's like, oh, I was thinking like $5,000. <laughs> and I go. Yeah, this is a guy that had like 1000 yes, on Rhea to win the Rumble did. last so, year. So I yeah, go, hey, let us let me go up there and see if they'll take a $500 bet. And he's begrudgingly, because he's mad, he's already mad that this is too low of a bet. Because he, I mean, he's he's willing to go all the way in on this which i respect because that's how you get ahead in gambling is you have to be willing to take a big risk so i go up to the counter and the little guy i had chit chatted with earlier that was like oh yeah we're taking the bet well they have you know that bets have numbers you know so you know 14 731 or whatever and i said hey i'm i'm gonna make a few bets great now remember this is the link probably the home of the smallest time sports bettors in fact the people that were i was in front of in line before i went to make the bet were cashing out an NFL ticket for $17, <laughs> which means they had bet basically 10 or 9 yeah. on the game. <laughs> right. So I, I'm just kind of trying to act casually, and I said, yeah, I'd like 17 431 for 500 please. And he goes, wait a minute, 500 And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, we can't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't do that? And he goes, he goes, well, it's a, it's a prop bet. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a, it's a line bet. It's a money line bet. You know, it's not a prop. And he goes, 
all right, hold on a second. I'm gonna have to call the home office. So he puts, he has me standing there. Well, now a line is starting to form behind me because it is, you know, it's Friday, it's Friday morning. So it's not busy season, but there's people that want to get some, you know, college football action down or people that want to cash out bets from the Thursday night NFL game that are waiting behind me. Well, he calls the home office and, and he's on the phone and then his system's locked because the bet's too high. And I kind of hold my ground because there's a couple of times when he tells me no. And I said, no, no, no. I, I said, this, this should be okay. Like, and I, and, 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 and Dave's like gotten real nervous. So he's left. Like he won't even stand there with me. He's disappeared into the casino and is now filming it from afar. Cause he feels like it'd be suspicious <laughs> if he's standing there. So I, I stood up there and, got the guy to print the ticket. Um, and he had to call twice to the home office and I have the ticket in my hand, you know, so it's, it's, you know, a a $500 bet to pay 1500 return 2000 on Enders. Well, we've also determined there's a couple other decent bets in there as well. There's another one in the motorcycle class that was actually just basically, I think right around a straight, even money that should have been, you know, minus 500 or more. So I it was maybe even a more of a sure thing. I mean, yeah. So, you know, again, I'm, so I say the 1731, well, then he goes, anything else? And I'm like, yeah, I want to bet 500 on this. And the guy's like, I'm going to have to call the home office again. <laughs> so to speed a, a long story long, we made two $500 bets. And then I think four or five other, you know, $200 bets, even the $200 bets, every single one, he had to call the home office. The guy behind me in line was so furious like I was, I was really worried that, that because every time he thought we were almost done, then they would have to call the home office again. But you know, long story short, we uh, we walked out of there. Our two, both our five hundred dollar tickets ended up coming in. And well, Glenn, uh, this is also real funny. So the Ender's Ender's bet, you know, I mean, she's cruising, you know, went in easy, fastest car in the field. We're feeling great. In the uh, semifinals, she's racing another very quick car. They leave. The other cars got a fender on her. And in that class, like, once, you know, they're so evenly matched. No one's smoking the tires. Like, once one car's ahead, you're done. And Tommy and I are kind of looking at each other. But it was one of the team cars. And he gets half track and just pulls the parachute. (laughs) <laughs> she drives around. Uh, what a oh, shame and then, and then the final round was very anticlimactic she was running the villain the guy that was trying to put her out but he he actually did have a car problem which is rare and didn't even make it down the track and we're i mean we're pelvic thrusting doing the helicopter <laughs> dance i mean it was unbelievable but then you also had the immense satisfaction of you know sunday night standing back in that same line at the link with all the people cashing in their $15 bets from the, you know, three o'clock football games. And I just kind of slide the, I think we had uh, two tickets that paid or maybe three slide it across and watch the guy's eyes just get real big when he <laughs> runs them through the machine. And it's like, you know, pay out $3,800 or whatever it was. It's dipping into it was petty a, cash. Oh, it was so great. To, it was yeah. Funny about it was the, the motorcycle class, which, you know, we said was also like a huge favorite. Like we're like, man, we're pulling one over on the book. So the guy we bet, like he's got the field covered by a tenth, winning easy, gets down to the final, and uh, he's running his teammate, and we're like, 
oh, it, like we're so gold here. But then it's like when you have a big bet on a football game and you should easily win and there's like a minute and a half, you're like, what if they score onside kick, score again? Like you're thinking of like the doomsday scenario. And we're like sitting there and we're like right. – PA announcer is like, oh, so the guy he's running that's his teammate, they're like, he actually has 49 career wins. This would be his 50th. And the guy we bet on is like, and he's already clinched the points for the whole year. We're like, oh, no, he's going to throw it to this guy because it doesn't matter. And then he just went up there and beat him. Yeah. Yeah. He went up there and drug him. (laughs) Oh, it was funny, though. But, boy. That's a fun bet, man. That's a fun sweat yeah. when you're sweating like five second races. <laughs> yeah, there's not much greater thrill in the world than to have yeah commas involved in a uh, in a uh, yeah five second a five second contest of speed that you're live viewing. Man, that is. Uh... Yeah, just an annual tradition for you guys, though. That's just normal, normal course yeah, of business. So, uh, so we're. I know we got to wrap oh, up, go, but just to tease. Yeah, we do. We 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 do. We got to tease ahead. Tease here. next episode. Tomorrow at work, I'm having to do something that I'm gonna have more heat than Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! How many people off, you have to lay off? Let's just. We'll, oh. I'll, Next episode, I'll give a recap on how it goes. But well, we're doing. We're so you're doing not going to tell us what it is that we do every year, and oh. I have a team of nine under me that I have to give bonuses for. This year had a lot of expenses. This year, so the Virgin Atlantic, the bonus, the bonus pool for my whole team that I have to div- divvy up among nine people was less than I was giving single checks to individuals last year. We've got a little uh, little Jelly of the Month Club situation here. I was waiting for someone to reference that. No, I mean... Everyone's going to be 80% or more down on what they got last year. Do they give you any speaking points? Not really. Well, no, they did give me speaking points, but they're they're ones that aren't going to make anyone feel good. Because the speaking point is, hey, it was a down year, and we yeah. bought we bought that company, which they don't care. They're like, <laughs> no, but I mean, you you need something just to kind of get the first push through the communication and get it out there but you also want to uh you're given bad news so as i yeah i don't take my advice from actual people or mentors or anything i from the movie moneyball like you're given bad news like it yeah you get right to it yeah so i think i think we got a pretty action-packed next episode because we got that we need to talk about an airbnb that was reserved in the saint petersburg area for january oh, yes and uh, and I've I've I was looking through my phone notes, but there's a uh, I've got a um, uncomfortable story from a uh, 41 year old physical that needs to be shared. Ooh. So maybe we'll we'll wait less th- 
we'll wait less than eight months for our next episode. Well, I think what we're going to try to do is get back on to the rhythm that we had fulfilled and promised the first four months of this year. And then some things happened, you know, <laughs> I had to go away for a while, but I'm back. Um, and speaking of going away, uh, here in a few weeks, less than three, actually, I guess when I'm departing, I will be in the Dominican oh, Republic you are the, for a little uh, third while. Member to and go there in yeah. the last couple of years, yeah. Let's just say that I will be watching the my as an alum, my Texas Longhorns play in the college football playoff from an all-inclusive resort, and probably, regardless of the outcome, <laughs> probably end up face down in the ocean. Either way.